Hello, and welcome to another episode of Clark Hill's Credit Eco to Go, Curbside Thought Leadership for Financial Services. My name is Joanne Needleman, and I am a partner at Clark Hill, as well as a member of the firm's Banking and Financial Services Practice Group. My guest today is Dave Hanrahan, CEO and co-founder of Credit, which recently launched a next-generation software platform that lets ARM industry members interact with consumers without having to invest significant time and resources, standing up traditional payment portals and homegrown communication suites. Before before finding credit, excuse me, before founding credit in 2020, Dave started his career in investing in enterprise software businesses across industries, including financial technology. He then moved on to advise global founder-owned and venture capital and private equity-backed technology companies on capital formation, M&A pipeline identification and engagement, and business sales to financial sponsors and strategic acquirers. Dave, thank you for joining the podcast today. And I want to let you know that it is our 50th episode, so I couldn't be happier to have you as our guest. And it is also our one-year anniversary. So that was a quick year, I have to say, <laughs> even though we were all I, I sitting home alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to have you because your your product is, is is so interesting and really, you know, it launched what maybe a month ago, uh, fully, and it has just exploded. And it's exciting to watch and it's exciting to see. So let's talk a little bit um, about you know, fintechs and their growth in the last, I would say, two decades and how they have touched on almost every aspect of the credit ecosystem, right? Um, And so with that in mind, credit is a very unique platform and I would love to hear your inspiration for credit. And where do you see that there is a void for your service? Yeah. Well, first off, Joanne, thank you so much for having us. It's uh, it's great to share a little bit of what we've been working on. Um, I was really, really lucky to start my career working for a Philly-based financial services firm called Susquehanna International Group. And um, they're, they're, like I said, a Philly organization. Uh, they've used technology in their business in many ways. And Uh, They have an internal group that invests in different emerging technology businesses, Um, businesses like Credit Karma and others that are that are focused on driving transformational change in different industries. Um, From from there, I moved to New York City and, like you said, got to work with a number of different enterprise software companies. And, And through that time and both of those experiences, I, I just learned a wealth of knowledge from other really, really smart people <laughs> who, are, who are much smarter <laughs> than I am as, as it goes, and, and just saw how they were able to take um, very complex problems, simplify them down, and, and use technology to um, increase options, optimize things in different industries. And for me, you know, credit is really taking a lot of things that I learned in adjacent spaces and applying them to uh, the collections world. Um, I, I came across the the collections world and the debt settlement world, which I really consider adjacent to it, um, about three years ago. And and what really struck me was that for all the technology I had seen implemented in other industries, creating lots of options and flexibility for businesses, the technology had been limited in terms of how it gave consumers options 
in the credit ecosystem, specifically for people who are going through some sort of financial hardship. So really, you know, there's a lot of tactical things that, that credit's trying to do to fix different pieces of the credit ecosystem. Uh, but, but at an emotional level, what we're really trying to do is create options for consumers so that they can take advantage of the knowledge that they have to escape whatever their financial hardship is. And that looks like a lot of different things depending on their situation, um, but it's really focused on empowering the consumer. So talk a little bit about how you're going to do that. I mean, we're on a podcast, so there's not a lot of visual, but you know, what does credit provide consumers that maybe they don't have elsewhere? Sure. So credit at a very simple level provides a single destination where consumers can interact with their financial network, whether that's collections agencies or collections law firms or debt buyers or other organizations that they need to interact with about their existing accounts. And the reason that it's so important to do that in a single place is because many of us have a lot of different financial relationships. You know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, many of us would have all of our you know, credit cards, home loans, things like that through a single organization. But there's a lot of variety in relationships at this point. And managing all those different relationships can be really, really complex. So what we're focused on is how do you bring that into a single place for the consumer so that they can address all of the difficult choices they need to make, um, but more simply. And so for each consumer, would I be correct to say that they have a financial dashboard? They, they, they have their own kind of home base of which to manage and organize uh, those credit relationships? Exactly. So, so in the same way that you might log on to a banking app, um, when you log into Credit's platform, we can pull in all of your financial information from your bank accounts and your different credit accounts. We can give you a free credit report. We can aggregate all the information that you need to make decisions really simply in a single place so that that's not a barrier to you having conversations. Um, from there, you know, we really want to be connective and put consumers in touch with the decision makers. So I would really think of it as we're giving you the decision or the, the data to go make relevant decisions. And what was your inspiration for credit? I mean, did you personally have financial issues? Did you see others that you were close with? Because it is, it's, it's such a simple, basic idea, but I have to tell you, I mean, I've been around well, Longer than probably uh, you've been around, <laughs> so to speak. And there really isn't anything like that uh, right now. And, and even prior, there wasn't a, a repository of where you can go to one place. And even today, if you think about it, I mean, you have people who are not in financial distress. I mean, I manage my, my home finances and I, I keep everything on a shelf and I have a list and every month I go through the list, but I don't have one resource to go and help me manage all my finances. So what was your inspiration? How did you come to that simple conclusion that nothing out there really existed and this needed to happen? To be honest, it was a lot of searching for, yeah. for this tool set. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate in that I haven't had to deal with, you know, credit card debt and things like that. Um, but just as a function of being human and interacting with a lot of people who I care about, um, mm -hmm. Those problems are pervasive, and we all know someone who, who needs that tool set. Um, so really, it's about taking you know the opportunity that I had to go spend some time building some things that, that take you know, time and resources to think about, and to be able to try to uh, invest 
you know, in areas that I thought were really, really impactful for the people that I care about. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it's, you know, it's interesting to hear um, people like yourself who come into this industry. You said you've been kind of looking at this for three years and I've been in the industry for longer than that. But to come to the conclusion that we've all known for a long time, and I'm sure which really surprised you, is the lack of technology in the credit and collection industry. And, you know, you understand the reason there was a whole regulatory barrier to it, which may or may not now be um, easing a little bit with, with, with the pending rules that are, that, are, that are coming out. But it was really the one area of financial services that had not, you know, crossed over to the 21st century. Yeah. And if you think through, you know, venture capital as an industry, right. you know, venture capitalists at the end of the day need to be able to make a good financial return to justify investing dollars. And a lot of a lot of the you know dollars we hear about kind of how fintech is the hot category right now and everyone's pouring so much money into these software companies. But really it's been focused on high earners and you know creating tools for people who frankly didn't need them that much. Um, it wasn't invested in building tools for people who really, really needed things to be simple and for de- decisions and, and insights to be accessible to them. So that's really the big push that, that we're trying to um, you know, accelerate forward is, listen, let's build tools for people who need them the most. And that's where we can see the most impact. I couldn't agree more. And it's a good segue to, to the next part of our conversation is, you know, as I said, you're coming into an industry uh, that is going through a lot of change. And I would say certainly for the better, but for the first time in 44 years um, since the enactment of the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which governs the credit and collection industry, we're going to have rules. Um, and rules have been kind of developed through court decisions or, or through regulators. Now we're going to hopefully have a set of rules that say, this is, this is how you have to act. And this is how you have to conduct yourself when you're collecting debt. And a lot of talk within the industry is, is one of the ways to really take advantage of what these rules say is to have self-service options. Right. And, and credit to some degree is a self-service option because it's, it's empowering the consumer, as you say, to make the, the correct decisions for them. So I guess my question is, is how will there will be a lot of competition in the self-service space? So how will credit be different? Yeah. So there, there will be tons of competition. And that is an incredible thing because it means a lot of really smart people are spending a lot of dollars trying to fix issues for consumers and the consumer will universally benefit <laughs> anytime that that happens in, in any industry. So, so I'm really excited about that. Um, what I would say is, you know, self-service historically has kind of been, you know, a, a very simple payment portal and it's been a consumer comes in, they see their account balance, they pay, pay that account balance. On the other side, it's someone calling in on a call center, having a very manual conversation and a very kind of white glove service experience. What we're focused on is there's a very, very um, you know, significant spectrum in between those two experiences that self-service can really be applied to. So I view self-service really as the digital transformation of collections and taking that white glove experience from someone being on a phone and replicating that across the spectrum of different experiences that consumers can have. And where the rules that you mentioned 
are really, really helpful is when you get clarity on the simple things, it lets you go focus on the more complex things. And it's almost like you're setting up the very simple rules of the game. Players can, you know, get really, really creative for their strategies and how they work together uh, when they understand, hey, here's the rules of the road that you need to operate by. Um, so, so for us, what I would say is different versus other technology providers is, A, we're focused on you know, helping the communication uh, channels be really flexible and you know the payment options be really flexible, but that's kind of table stakes at this point. Um, what's more important is that one-to-many approach where a consumer can come in and deal with all of their accounts, with all of their data at their fingertips. And when you give them that level of control, you, know, you might not necessarily um, be the first one that they send a message to, but if you're most available to them and if you're the one who engages with them, then they're going to prefer paying you back before the next person. So we're really focused on how do you help a consumer with all of their accounts, um, but then helping different network members on our platform be really available to consumers so that they're the ones who the consumer prioritizes. It's interesting. You're, you're in some ways allowing you know, creditors and uh, those who are owed money to have to compete for the intention of the consumer, but in one place, which was literally unheard of before. Yeah, um, and, and, and it's- Oh, I was just gonna say, and, you know, and, and customer service as it should be is the one that's gonna win the day. Totally, totally. We're, we're removing the um, variables that were kind of artificially there before. You know, before you had to think about, hey, does my email or does my text, text message even get through to the consumer? Now right. it's, you know, that's table stakes and you need to have great customer service. There's, there's other things you can do too, to help run your business a little bit better and make it a little bit more efficient, but really your consumer experience is going to drive everything. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, so let's talk about, so as I said before, you launched a month ago, am I right? Maybe six weeks ago? Yep. We, we rolled that a little, a little under a month ago. Yeah. So our, our business is a network business, meaning uh-huh. when a consumer comes in and wants to engage with organizations, um, you know, we want to put them in touch directly with the organization they come to talk to. They're not talking to a credit representative. They're talking to a designated business representative at each organization. So we're going through with our, our network members now and making sure the right compliance checklists are in place and getting them onboarded. Um, but, but really, it's focused on how do we put in the legwork up front of making sure that all of our network members are verified real organizations right. so that right. when the consumer comes to us, there's a high level of trust there. So it's, it's really about allowing the consumer um, to be in control. So um, we're, we're going through getting our initial partner set up right now. That's great. That's great. So let's talk about the future. So right now, you know, basically the platform is set up to help consumers uh, engage with, with with their creditors or collection agencies or whoever it may be. Um, but that, to me, is kind of like step one. I mean, you 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 have you have a user or you have a consumer and you have their attention. You're helping them. You want you still want to engage. And I can't I can't help but think about Credit Karma when I look at something like this. Credit Karma started out as just this kind of platform to get a free credit report. 
And that's pretty much all it was. It has evolved into something uh, much greater than that. It is it is a partner not only in understanding uh, your credit score, but in obtaining lending and giving additional advice. Uh, so it's become real a, a true financial partner. So I'm wondering, where do you see credit uh, moving in the future? Yeah. So as I think through the very human interaction that brings people back to a platform day after day, you know, mm-hmm. for Credit Karma, that's people wanting to check their credit score on a regular basis and benchmark, hey, how am I doing now versus right. before? For us, the very human you know, behavior that, that we're building everything around is someone's communication with their existing network. So if I need to have ongoing conversations, it's really, really easy to do that through Credit's platform. In terms of where we're going, we're really focused first on how we help consumers recover their financial standing and resolve their existing accounts. But from that point, you then have a bunch of consumers who then need to be reintroduced to the credit ecosystem. So we're not necessarily focused on being a lender ourselves, but there's lots of different destinations that consumers can go to and really, really good tools, whether those are credit builder products or budgeting tools or new bank products that have come out, you know, neobanks or otherwise that consumers can be introduced to and really they can expand their tool belt. So as I think through, you know, where we're going long term, we really want to be the connective tissue between consumers and the tools that they need. We don't want to go rebuild everything because a lot of smart people have already invested a lot of resources in building great tools. Similarly, we want to engage with the collections industry so that we can take all of the knowledge that a lot of really smart people have spent time accumulating and apply that in a technology framework. So, you know, we want to be true digital transformation partners to the collections industry. We don't want to come in and say, hey, you know, here's here's our platform. We're here to save the world. Um, you know, that's that's just not true. There's there's so many smart people, you you and otherwise, that that have that have spent a ton of time trying to help consumers. And, um, you know, we really view it as compounding creativity. We are the channel with which really smart people can distribute really creative offers to help consumers. Um, and we want to enable people like you, Joanne. It's not, it's not necessarily coming in and saying, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to fix everything. It's, it's being... Right. Well, I think the part of it, what I, I love so much about the platform is it's kind of like, how can we help, you know, you got to help yourself before you can do anything else. And I, and I think, again, tying into the self-serve uh, topic that we, that we just spoke about, you know, understanding and taking responsibility uh, for one's financial existence is really, really important. And there are no tools to do that. That's not something you you learn in school. You don't learn it in high school. You don't learn it in college. You learn it in on in the road of hard knocks. You know, when you get your first job and you realize that I've got to pay rent <laughs> and I have to pay a car. You know, those things are just not taught. And you know. Back, back in my early years, I learned the hard way and, and did, I had a lot of student debt. I had a lot of credit card debt. And over the years, I have learned how to manage that. But there are just not, there's a lot of financial education and, and those kind of things, but there are no actual tools that are out there that can do that. And, that, and that's one of the things I love about credit. I think that, I, I think it's going to be a partner for consumers, as you say, not just in figuring out how to get my debts paid and how to get back to financial stability, but how do I move forward to ensure financial stability 
in the future. And I think that's, to me, is what I see the value of your, what your platform is. I think you could really, it could always be a go-to thing for so many consumers on so many levels. Absolutely. And our, our relationship is directly with the consumer at the end of the day. So when, when right. someone comes into Credit's platform, they agree to our terms of service and our privacy right. policy. We don't take in third-party data you know, about the consumer without their explicit consent to pull their credit report or to pull in their bank information. So the things that we can help them with are very, very different than you know, what a collections firm or a financial institution might be trying to do, no matter how well-intentioned, um, because it's consumer-driven and it's consumer-directed. I think that's right. And if you saw maybe a week or so ago, one of um, the Biden administration came out with uh, like an executive order with some, you know, very laundry list of priorities. And one of them has been data portability. So to your point, it's, you know, consumers are coming to your platform to manage their data. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it, that data doesn't go anywhere except with the consumer. And that's going to be a big issue for a lot of financial institutions, because that has not been the case, you know, over the last decade or two. I mean, you know, you, you, you stop your relationship with your credit card, you're going to never see that information again. That's yeah. it. You know, so, and that's that, and, and some of it is, is important information, especially to build credit and reputation. Totally. And, and I know, You've said this before, but you know consumers can't really vote with their feet in the collections world. That's so right. empowering them to know what they're capable of doing with their information and giving them the right tools, um, it, it really puts them in control of the situation and helps them get to a point where they're ready to make decisions and move forward. I couldn't agree. Well, Dave, I'm so excited for you. I, I, we've seen, uh, I've been fortunate enough to see credit uh, from its initiation to its launch, and it's really been exciting to watch. And I appreciate uh, you coming on uh, to the podcast uh, and sharing uh, your inspiration and your vision of what I think is going to be a very important platform uh, for so many consumers. So thank you so much. But before I let you go, uh, I ask a couple questions of my guests on my podcast. I've been doing it now 50 times. So you will be the 50. We're now the 50th one that I've asked this question to. And, you know, when I started this podcast last summer, we were all hunkered down and sheltering in place. Thankfully, uh, the world is opening up again and uh, people are, are, are leaving their homes, you know, maybe Maybe not for work so much, but they're they're definitely going on vacation again. That's for sure. <laughs> but I have to ask, you know, during your time when you were sheltering in place, and I know you were in New York City, which is a challenging place to be. If you have an experience you can share uh, while you were sitting at home, <laughs> yeah. So, so not necessarily sitting at home, but but New York was was deserted for much much of COVID. Yeah. So one of the things that I loved doing was just walking around the streets and going out and, you know, going for a couple of miles and New York in general, if, if you walk through Times Square and, you know, there's, there's millions of people there, it's not necessarily the most enjoyable experience. Right. Um, you know, I loved being able to just go to Central Park, go for a walk, you know, walk down these, these otherwise incredibly busy streets and really just get a feel for the city um, that otherwise you would never be able to get that experience. So I, I really enjoyed doing that with my fiance. That's true. That is true. And finally, um, in consideration of you coming onto the podcast, Credit Eco to Go would like to make a small donation on your behalf to a local or regional organization in your area that is helping those either impacted by the pandemic or just, you know, impacted in general. And uh, wanted to know if you have an organization that you'd like to identify. 
Yeah. So I, I spent my college years in Philly at Drexel and oh. I was on the rowing team there. So a lot of my oh. time was spent on the Schuylkill River. Um, so, so for me, that was a really formative experience. And there's an awesome charity in Philly called Philadelphia City Rowing. Um, it's a nonprofit program and essentially they provide the opportunity to learn to row to local Philadelphia high school students. But what's really cool about what they do is they just use, you know, in, take credit card for the example, they give you a free credit report to earn the right to send you credit card products. Uh, PCR uses rowing as a catalyst to engage with high schoolers and provide them academic services, nutrition, education, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. other supportive mentoring um, that really helps them be remarkable citizens. Um, And the team there just does a great job. So uh, if you could send our donation there, that would be great. Absolutely. And uh, being a lifelong Philadelphian, I didn't even know that that organization existed. So thank you for educating me on that. I really appreciate it. Um, So Dave, again, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. And many thanks to my loyal Credit Eco to Go listeners for tuning in and logging on. All episodes of Credit Eco to Go can be found on Buzzsprout and Spotify, as well as um, on Apple. Information on our podcast can also be found on my ClarkHill.com bio page as well as on my LinkedIn page. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have ideas for future show topics, please email email us at creditecotogo at clarkhill.com. Thank you, be well, and stay safe. This podcast is intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be regarded as either legal advice or a legal opinion. You should not act upon or use this publication or any of its contents for any specific situation. Recipients are cautioned to obtain legal advice from their legal counsel with respect to any decision or course of action contemplated in a specific situation. Clark Hill PLC and its attorneys provide legal advice only after establishing an attorney-client relationship through a written attorney-client engagement agreement. This recording does not establish an attorney-client relationship with any recipient.